alpha females. Happy Friday. Welcome to episode 14 of the podcast. I hope everybody had a great week and you're excited for the weekend ahead. So for this week, I want to discuss recruitment prep and setting the right intentions and being in the right mental space for recruitment. Recruitment is an extremely mentally taxing time for a lot of women going through it. And especially if you have a specific house in mind that you wanna be recruited into, it can be extremely stressful. So today I'm gonna talk about ways you can mentally prepare for recruitment as well as some things to keep in mind while you're going through the process, you know, so that you don't get too overwhelmed and upset at whatever outcome happens. So one of the things that I would recommend you initially do before recruitment is obviously set a positive intention. Um, And you may have some ideas about which house you want to get into already, which is great. You know, it's always good to have an ideal in mind. However, do not let that preference overshadow the fact that there are several houses that will probably be a good fit for you. With that in mind, I think going into recruitment with as open of a mind as possible is the best advice I can give. I can't tell you how many women I saw when I was going through recruitment myself, they would be at their bid day parties and they were crying in the corner (laughs) because they got into the house that they didn't want to get into or they were just so emotionally exhausted and overwhelmed from the process that it was just too much and they basically just broke down crying um, at their new home, basically. Um, And personally, I mean, obviously when the bids go out, that's pretty much the sorority saying, yeah, we want you here. We want you to be a sister of our chapter. Um, and so crying <laughs> crying at a bid day is not really a good look. Um, I'm just going to say that. It, it definitely is not a great representation of you and your potential sisterhood journey at that house. Um, regardless of whether it was your top house or not, um, you always want to set your best foot forward. So personally, I feel like if you are that upset about a bid, maybe it's just not the right fit and maybe you need to back out of the process and try again next year. Um, And fall recruitment is special in that you can only go through fall recruitment once a year, obviously. But if you go through the whole process and you back out after the bids go out, um, you have to wait a whole nother year to re-enter the process and do it again. So, you know, keep that in mind. If you are going to reject a house for inviting you back, 
you will have to wait a whole other year to re-enter the process. Um, and that is definitely, I think, going to keep things in perspective, <laughs> especially if the reasons you're not psyched about getting into a house are superficial, um, especially if the reasons are because your friend's not in it and therefore it's not something you want to get into anymore just because your friend's not there. You don't know that your friends aren't already at that house. Um, and by friends, I mean the women you're going to get to know, the women you're going to befriend, and the women who maybe you connected with during recruitment parties. You know, um, Think back to all the conversations you had over the three days of recruitment. You can't tell me that there wasn't at least one sister maybe who you connected with at at least each house. Um, at none of the houses that I visited when I went through recruitment, did I come back with an absolutely, oh my gosh, none of the conversations I had were that great and I didn't connect with anybody. That's not true. I connected with probably at least one girl at the house and you know, even if that's not the case, you know, the women that are going through the recruitment side on the sorority side, they are trying to connect with as many women as possible. So giving them the benefit of the doubt, even if you didn't really connect that deep, I mean, you try to connect with somebody while trying to talk over a hundred other women in the same room. <laughs> it's freaking hard. There's a reason why recruitment preparations start months ahead of recruitment. It's freaking hard. And creating that sense of connection um, is difficult. And unless you're a really skilled recruiter, um, it, it takes a lot of practice to get good at it, basically, is what I'm trying to say. So, you know realizing that, you know, you're not a perfect person. They're not a perfect person. Um, giving people the benefit of the doubt is definitely key here. Um, and again, going back to, let's say you did not get the bid from the top house that you wanted. I would encourage women to at least go through the new member process. Go and try to keep as open of a mind as possible about whether you feel like this house is your home or not. Um, you never know until you try. And recruitment, again, is such a stressful time. Your vision may be cloudy because you are so hyper fixated on one particular house. So that's why I would encourage women to keep as open of a mind as possible when it comes to getting a bid from a house that maybe you were not super excited about. Another aspect of keeping your mind right during recruitment is just keeping your stress levels under control. I would highly recommend just doing some breathing exercises before each party um, just to steady your heartbeat a little bit because I know how stressful it can be when you're walking into 
a group of women that you don't know and you're gonna have to basically put on a performance about yourself and try to sell yourself to this um, organization. And, you know, that sounds kind of bad saying you're selling yourself, but you're really, you're pitching yourself. How's that? You're pitching yourself to this group of women and they're pitching themselves to you as well. So it's, it really is a stressful environment. And again, highly recommend doing some breathing exercises. You can Google, you know, breathing exercises on Google um, and just kind of get your mind right. Because if you're going into it with a super stressed attitude, you're going to see things distorted. Um, I went into recruitment extremely clear headed, but that was because I kind of already knew which house I was going to get into and I knew that they would pick me back. And that is definitely um, a benefit of when I was going through recruitment, you know, legacies held more weight than they do nowadays. Nowadays, legacies are considered almost pretty much at the same level as any other women going through recruitment. Um, again, it was a different time. It was 2011. <laughs> um, so, you know, over 10 years ago, my gosh, um, things have changed. And but regardless, when I was going through it, I basically knew I had I had it in the bag that I would end up at the house that I wanted to end up at. Um, so I did not really go through recruitment feeling stressed in the slightest. And yeah, I'm checking my privilege here. <laughs> A lot of women don't have that. So, um, you know, obviously that is a very privileged perspective. Um, but it's it was my experience. So, but I know for a fact that if I were stressed going through it, it would have been much more exhausting, much more distressing um, if I was unsure about which house I wanted to get into. So um, for that reason alone, I think it's important to make sure your mental state in is, is in a good place when you are preparing to go and have conversations with women you're just meeting for the first time. Um, another thing to keep in mind is to really try to visualize yourself interacting with these women, you know, at whichever house you go to. Try your best to visualize what it would be like to be a sister at that house. Really think hard because if you cannot visualize it in the slightest, then it's probably not the house for you. Um, if you connected with at least a couple of women at the house, then I think you're good to start kind of imagining what it would be like to join that particular chapter. And, you know, let's be clear here. I think that a lot of the times women think that houses are vastly different when in reality, sororities do not really differ that much from each other. On the same campus, at least, you know, obviously the women are going to be slightly different from each house. 
but all sororities have things in common. They all have common philanthropic aspirations. They want their sisters to be good scholars. They want to be represented in the best light when it comes to participating in, you know, competitive sports or whatever the competition is of the day, you know, (laughs) of the moment. Um, Whether it's derby days or run for the roses, whatever it may be, they want, you know, the best, they they want the best outcome. Um, And so for that reason alone, you don't really have to worry that much about which house you end up in unless you can tell that there's a definite, like obviously do a vibe check. (laughs) If you feel like you are not going to fit in ever, that is something to definitely listen to. Do not uh, overlook that. But for the most part, a lot of the sororities are pretty much the same. And I know that they say during recruitment, you know, each house is so different. But in reality, they're kind of not. They are kind of very, very similar. And so keep that in mind when you're going through it. You know, the house that you think you really want is probably going to have a very similar experience to the house that maybe you end up getting. Um, It just, the main difference here is the women in the group. That's what it comes down to, is do you click with the women in that group? Um, And I don't think that it's something that a lot of women think about. They think, oh yeah, every sorority is so different. No, they're not. They're really not. Maybe they're different in perception on campus, but let's think. Are these perceptions created by fraternities? Are they perpetuated by misogynistic ideals of, you know, maybe the 80s, of 90s? Um, Think about, say, say for example, the house you get into is known as, like, the not pretty sorority. Who's saying that? (laughs) And do we really care about those people's perceptions? Because it has nothing to do with what fraternities think about sororities. It's all about how you view the sorority that you may join. Um, I just think that when I was going through it, that was definitely a perception of certain sororities at the time. Like the idea was, oh, well, I want to join the pretty sorority or I want to join the girls who seem to have it all. Well, okay, but who's saying that? Who who are the people saying that certain sororities rank a certain way? Like we all know about Greek rank. I'm sure that that's still a thing out there. Um, it's just this website that anonymous people can rate sororities and fraternities on a campus. And we all know anonymity means that people can go on Greek rank with an agenda and not give any 
you know, real reasons for giving a certain sorority a certain ranking. It can be for fun because they're bored one day and they're like, oh, well, let's mess around on Greek rank and just add uh, ratings because why not? I want to be a troll for today. Um, Keep that in mind when you're reading those websites. And honestly, don't go on those websites. It does not give a full picture of what you're actually going to experience with those women in that sorority. Um, And if I had gone on Greek rank to look up my sorority, um, I think maybe I would have been deterred because of the petty bull bull that I read. Um, (laughs) And I think, you know, everything needs to be experienced. Um, Everything about a sorority experience needs to be experienced firsthand before you can really truly judge it. And again, we don't know who is plugging in those Greek rank uh, votes. Um, But a lot of the ratings that I read about my sorority were very petty and very superficial and had nothing to do with the women's personalities um, or their contributions on campus. So for that reason alone, I think beware um, what you read online. Just be very, very, take it with a very small grain of salt, if at all. Quite honestly, I would recommend just not reading it because it's inaccurate a lot of times. And who cares about what anonymous people have to say online? Um, I mean, if that's something you really care about, then sure, go ahead, do it. But um, you don't know a house until you know a house, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Um, So going back to setting your mind right, obviously, you cannot really do a lot of research into a house until you start the recruitment process. And by research, it just means getting to know the women that you talk to at the house. That should be the basis of your quote unquote research. Sure. And again, sure. Sororities may say, oh, we're so different. Again, they're not. (laughs) You're going to have a very similar experience at whichever house you pick. That's that's the bottom line. Um, And sorry to break that illusion for you if you had this idea that the sorority that you really want to join is so different. They're really not. They're really not. It's going to be very similar because all sororities have national. Okay, so the Panhellenic sororities all have very similar guidelines and they all have national oversight um, into their chapter operations. So a lot of times again, the experience is going to be the same pretty much whichever sorority you pick. Um, They may slightly vary maybe in the traditions, in the practices, in the rituals, but rest assured, whichever house you pick, you're probably going to have a similar experience regardless of where you end up. So the main takeaway here is what I want to really drive home 
is to just focus on the conversations you have during recruitment. That should be the main basis of where you end up deciding to go back to from, you know, day one to day two to day three. Um, Try to weed out any BS that you're hearing um, amongst your recruitment groups. Um, Girls are going to talk and they're going to say unfounded opinions because quite honestly, they don't know what they're talking about. They are just as clueless as you, (laughs) but they're going to act like they know. That's the thing. They're going to act like they know um, the situations at different houses. The truth is they don't unless they know the ins and outs of a house. They don't know really what they're talking about. So just keep that in mind. Try to limit your input from unreliable sources while you're going through this stressful time. The main source of advice and information and maybe, you know, if you're unsure about a certain house or your experience, the main resource you should be utilizing during recruitment is your recruitment guides. Those are the people that have been completely like set up, trained. They are ready to help all of the women in their recruitment groups to go through this process and come out with a positive outcome. Those are the women that you should be relying on. If you have any concerns or questions or need to bounce ideas off of them, they are there at your disposal. So if you're going to listen to anyone during this time, listen to your recruitment guide. And they can help you work through anything that happens during the process. If you don't get called back to a house and you need to talk it out with your recruitment guide, they're there for you. They can help you work out, well, maybe, you know, here's what you should do at the next house so that you get a call back for the next time, you know, things like that. I remember I was so confused about why I didn't get called back to any other house after the first day. And I spoke to my recruitment guide. I was like, so confused. Why didn't anybody else want me? And she goes, okay, well, walk me through the conversations. And I said, well, I did mention that I'm a legacy at another house. And she goes, ding, ding, ding. (laughs) That's why. (laughs) So, I mean, it's an unbiased third party that wants you to succeed. How lucky are we to get to have that during such a stressful time? These women are fully trained. They want you to succeed. They want you to get into the house you want. And they're there to help you, purely to help you. They have given up their letters for a certain amount of months in preparation to be as unbiased as possible. And they are fully at your disposal. So utilize them. Don't rely on the other women in your recruitment group that don't know what they're talking about. Rely on the women that have been specifically trained to help you during this time. I mean, 
how how rare is that that if you are in a, a real life situation i mean personally i'm going through the process of interviewing for jobs um right now and it is a stressful time and i don't have a recruitment guide to guide me through it <laughs> i wish i did my god that would be amazing um but again, utilize the resource that has been granted you um, for this process. It's going to be a major help. So to wrap things up, getting your mind right for recruitment is of utmost importance. You want to go into it as calm as possible. You want to not listen to unreliable sources. You want to utilize the expertise of your recruitment guides um, and you just want to go into your recruitment parties with as open of a mind as possible because you don't know if your future sisters are in the house that you're currently interviewing at. You don't know. It could totally surprise you and maybe you went in with a certain expectation of a house and then they completely surprise you. So in those instances, just keeping your mind right and open is of utmost importance during such a crucial time as recruitment. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you uh, took something away from this in your preparations for recruitment. Um, If you have any questions about sorority life in general, you can send an email to alphafemalepod at gmail.com. Be sure to rate five stars and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. And I will talk to you next week. Alpha females, take care.